My guest for this episode is Johnny Water. Johnny is a guitarist and vocalist for The Evictions. They're a Chicago-based high-energy rock and roll trio, and their specialty is fuzzed-out riffs and punk rock scream-along choruses. The Evictions have been around since about 2015, sharing bills most notably with Cheetah Chrome and The Sonics. The track we just listened to was Cut Me Up off of their self-titled EP. Johnny is also a veteran guitarist with over two decades' experiences recording and touring at a national level. In 2012, he started his effects pedal business, Daredevil Pedals, uh, looking for a specific tone that he wasn't able to find in the pedals that were on the marketplace. Uh, He started buying and ripping apart pedals, learning how they worked, how they ticked, what generated their tone, and this quickly turned into an obsession for him. Ten years later, Daredevil Pedals is going strong. It's a one-man operation, and it has an amazingly solid word-of-mouth and online reputation for musicians around the globe. Daredevil also has an astonishing brand presence and catalog with distribution across major musical instrument retailers online and in brick-and-mortar stores. And most importantly, um, the pedals are all still 100% hand-built here right in Chicago. You know, the whole the whole band and pedal thing is, is pretty intertwined, you know, because that's kind of what got me, got me going with this in the first place. Um, just trying to fix up my own stuff when I was on tour all the time and, you know, trying to, trying to improve what I had, but with, you know, extremely limited budget. So um, that was, you know, it was kind of a thing of necessity basically, but uh, I didn't really realize what I was getting into until I, I really got hooked on it and it became more of a, you know, a fun creative yeah. process instead of just a necessary kind of making things work while I was doing the band stuff, you know? So, um, and then, you know, those kind of coexisted for a while. And then I ended up leaving that band. And then I had uh, a good amount of time to really dig deep into Daredevil. And that just really took off. Um, And then, you know, after about maybe, I mean, it seems like forever, but I, I think I was only about a year in between bands. And then I started the evictions and started pushing that pretty hard but daredevil already had kind of a, a strong fo- foothold which right was great because i didn't have to work you know regular jobs or anything like that i can i could make a living off of that right yeah yeah and cool. i could just shape shape my time around when i felt like doing things and when i had to do things instead of just constantly being at work you know right um which just kind of kills the whole creative process anyway so uh yeah, I, I feel really lucky and I love it. I, I can't imagine. I mean, I would do this if I didn't make any money. So just okay. kidding. <laughs> that, it's, that, like a, it's like a passion then. Did you have any kind of background with electronics or any kind of formal uh, training for that? Not at all, which is oh, kind okay. of crazy, but I'm, I'm definitely always been that person that is kind of foolish enough to just dive into something with no experience. Okay. Uh, so it, there was a, a massive learning curve, but I think that, right. that also, uh, it kind of allows you to do things like the wrong way and to learn kind right. of in a, a natural way, which is good for something like pedals because it might not be the proper way to do something, but at the same time, that's how you come up with cool new things right. that haven't been done before. Right. You know, right. um, and it, it kind of coincided with when all the, the boutique pedal stuff was really blowing up. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, back in you know, 2009, 2010, it was just getting started. And I was lucky enough to be like on the kind of front edge of that. 
Okay. Um, or, you know, nowadays there's a gazillion people building pedals in their house because of, you know, the right. internet and whatever. Right. Um, but at parts. the time it was, yeah. yeah, at the time it was cool. And there was, uh, still fairly easy to kind of get my foot in the door in a lot of places. So, okay. And then I'm just kind of curious cause, um, I looked at, you know, some of the models you've come out with, um, you know, did you kind of go through and like try to find like schematics and stuff to figure out like how to reverse engineer what was built or was it just really kind of a trial and error by ears? Um, I, I find it fascinating. I, for me, I, I'm kind of a, somebody who likes to tinker around things and take them apart, put them back together and learn how it works. You know, I, when I got into playing guitar myself eons ago, um, I kind of took the like Van Halen model of guitar um, maintenance where it was like, all right, well, I wanted to try different pickups and wiring and all that. How was how that for you to, to really get into kind of the more saying developing, developing that as a skill, but also kind of professionalizing that as kind of this daredevil pedals brand? Like what was your process with that? Yeah. You know, I've, I've always been the kind of guy, even when I was a little kid, I, I would just always ruin things and take things apart and, and just, okay. you know, even if I, got a, a new guitar it would make it you know maybe right. an hour before i was pulling things off of it and right just, I, just, I was just really i just loved instruments i loved gear i loved yeah. just the whole internal process of these cool things that have parts and right. there's just something in me and it it's always kind of been like that i remember trying to build things as a little kid even when i didn't have anything to build i would just sit there and play with bolts and wires and crap trying to imagine building stuff um, so it, you know, when you look at it in reverse, it, it always was kind of there, you okay. know, like that mentality. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's like, you got to kind of learn from the classic stuff. Right. Um, I always loved old sixties and seventies things. So I was like, well, yeah. let's start basic. And then how do I take this and make it what I think would be way better and, and more fitting for what I do. And I would start with that and then I'd find something right. else and right. just kind of keep building and building um, until I got to the point where uh, I completely did away with things that were just kind of based on, you know, what a lot of guys tend to do. They take something, they just kind of make a copy of it. Right. You have these, they have these pedal brands that are basically just people copying. You can just go down the list. Okay. That is this, right. that's that. Right. Which Tube I, Screamer, Fuzz T. Right. Okay. Big we Muff, got another right. Big yep. Muff clone. And right. I, I never, wanted to be a, a brand like that so I, right. as soon as i could get something new that was original i would right. get rid of something that was based on something else and i just kind of kept right. chopping down the line until i got good enough at, at figuring these things out that i could say okay now i'm making things that are completely original and they're doing something that i had in my head and i okay. figured out how to make it happen um and, and that's when things really started to get fun because I, I was more proud of it i didn't feel like i was trying to you Use know oh, else, i renamed right. something oh i i changed right. two parts and and there's still a lot of people that are actually really big brands surprisingly doing that, that. Do that. Yeah. and right. it's eh, you know whatever it, it's a <laughs> good for their business i guess but i i tend to have um you know i i do things that i want to make for myself right and i do things that i want to be really proud of and it's not just you know, capitalism and, and, and yeah, there's a good sense of integrity with that. Like if you, if you won't put it on your pedal board and play live with it, I mean, that's, that's kind of your, your mark, right? Like it's not something you'll yeah. use yourself. Like you don't want to make it. Um, and I, I think that's a, that's a, 
not to say it's a great selling tool, but it just really shows a lot of integrity in the work you do as a sort of a sound, um, it's, I guess it's electrical I, I engineering, but it sounds more artistic. Was that? Yeah, I mean, I always told people that, you know, Daredevil is you know, the exact same approach as being in a band. Right. You know, you're, you're putting something out there, but it's like, I, I would never want to be in a, a cover band. Right. You know, and, uh, <laughs> and even, you know, there's a lot of times that you, you write a song that you think is the best thing ever and people might not like it, but that doesn't mean that you stop playing it. You know, it doesn't mean that you're not proud of it. Um, right. And I think just being in a band for so long yeah. that it, it's just kind of the only way that I see being creative, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. um, it's like, well, this is why I do things and I'm not making things, be, you know, for the wrong reasons. I'm making them for the right reasons. So. It's a good art focus. So uh, curious. So I, and you mentioned kind of the process of kind of coming to how you define like your, your brand and what you do in terms of what pedal creation. It sounds very similar to the process of learning guitar. Like you start off learning other people's riffs and just to get your, your feet wet and your bearings. And then you start developing your own style. Um, what was the pedal that really was like the mark for Daredevil? What kind of pedal was it? I'm just curious. And this is kind of speaking purely as a guitar player out of my own curiosity. Yeah. You know, I mean, kind of the the whole beginning of this was that I, I couldn't find this, um, you know, what, what became the atomic cock pedal, which is like a fixed wah okay. pedal. And like I an couldn't follow Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's just it's a, it's a true wah circuit okay. um, with a boost built into it. And I couldn't find anybody that made one. And that was like the thing that I wanted on tour. And I kept having to go through these roundabout ways to accomplish it. And it was making me crazy. And I finally, you know, found a guy that built stuff. And I was like, man, I just need someone to make this thing for me. And we talked about it. And then he's like, you know, you should just try and, and start learning this stuff because you, you seem like you really know what you want. Yeah. And, I, you know, long story short, I did. And that was kind of the first Frankenstein thing that I put on my board that I had built. And that's still, you know, a pedal that I, I sell a lot of, and I think it has kind of a unique spot in the, in the pedal world. Um, and that just strictly came out of necessity and, you know, I mean, that's just about it. And it, that, that's a perfect right. example of, um, you know, I pulled that off and I was like, wow, I, I actually did right. this, you know, holy crap, it worked and other people like it. And like, why yeah. would I even second guess uh, continuing with this whole process because if that's how it's going to be well i could keep doing this for forever and not have to go back to being told what to do and clock in and <laughs> right you know yeah i'd be, you a, I'd be a fool to not run this i remember yeah. i remember telling my girlfriend that i'm like you know what i think i can really do this and i would be an idiot not to pursue it to the full extent you know right so uh you know no look people say what are you gonna fall back on don't don't plan on falling back right yeah um do you come out with like variations of like your models like like okay we'll take like the tube screamer for example there's a ts-808 there's a ts-9 and it's in some ways there's a the logic of building a better mousetrap or are you always looking for some sort of different sound and kind um, of like the next thing is just something different a different concept in that sense you know i'll i'll make a new version if there's something that i think i can improve on right 
Um, or, you know, like some of these, when I started out, I liked really giant things from the seventies Yeah, and kind of learned that that wasn't a, a very favorable thing for a lot of people that have lots of pedals, you know, so I would scale right. them down to smaller boxes, things like that. Yeah. Um, but usually, you know, I don't try and turn it into something different. I would rather start from scratch and, and right. let it, a lot of the process is just, you start with one idea and you very well might not end up with that same result. You know, you kind of have to just trust the process and let it kind of take you where, where some of these things go. Um, okay. Sometimes you fall completely backwards into something that is great that you, you just kind of stumbled into it and like, okay, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to ruin a good thing here. Uh, so that's kind of the cool part of it. And it's a lot like music. You might have a, a riff and you right. think the song is going to be like this and you bring it to practice. And then by the time you leave practice, you have this whole different thing because of other factors and other people's input. Um, and you can't, you can't be pig headed about it. I like really just being open to it and going, wow, okay. That came out of left field and that's, that's cool. That's part of, um, just the whole you know, creativity of it. So. Oh, cool. Do you build stuff for other people like on commission or do you just kind of come up with different um, concepts and put them out as daredevil pedal? You types? know, I, years back when I had more time, um, I, I would try, you know, I would be open to people. They would email me and ask for something. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds cool. You know, I would basically just try and fill my schedule and stay busy. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I do like doing old school things and, and just one-offs and stuff. Um, but it, it just got to the point where it was like, it wasn't very practical with my, my time and, you know, you get busier and, and stuff and now is, is, you know, being mostly a, a one man thing. It, it's right. You know, kind of at times it's, it's way more than I should even be trying to accomplish in one day, but yeah, you know, and I imagine there's like a customer <laughs> service side of things too. Like if you start making stuff for other people, then they expect you to service it or or whatnot and that could be just a lot of extra work too well, there's, just, there's yeah. you know you're doing yeah. every single aspect of right things that other brands actually have departments that handle absolutely you know? right. <laughs> it's like no it's just okay which which hat am i going to wear right now for an hour and then switch right. and then right. switch and then okay that was a quick 12 hour day now what you know uh but it's great you know it's like if you if you dig it it's yeah, it doesn't. Seem, it doesn't seem like work, you know. I don't seem like I work. I seem like I do what I like doing. And even yeah. if it's exhausting, it's still eight thousand times better than any job I've ever had. And I've had a lot of jobs, man. So, right, yeah, no, I hear that, man. And um, I, I think it's cool too. So you, you have like no any inclination or any desire to like kind of scale up, as they say, or you know, uh, you know find like a, a fabricator to work with overseas or, or even bring on other people to help. Yeah, you know what? I, you're like, a, you're like an artist and a craftsman in that sense. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because that's not, that's not the case with me. And I know right. pedal boutique guys that right. are, are absolutely like that. Yeah. Um, they, they choose not to become too big. They choose not to right. do things on like the next level. They keep it small. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to be, you know, it's like being in a band. I would love to be a, a major label artist touring arenas, you know? Um, sure. There's a pretty big hump to get over going from, you know, the, right. the one, one person thing to that scale of it. And I, I mean, 
there's a good chance it could happen. Who knows? Um, I'm definitely not, you know, crossing anything off the list. It's just that uh, I kind of found a, a good work pace and there's been ups and downs and things like that. But, um, you know, who knows? Uh, a couple yeah. of years from now, things could be a whole different story and you sure. know, it could be a warehouse full of people. So, sure. um, you know, like I said, I just kind of, I, I work my ass off and I let it take me where, where it kind of goes. Okay. Um, and sometimes it's slow. Sometimes it's insane. I have some pretty incredible things coming up that I can't talk about, but, um, this should be an awesome year. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm always excited about the things that I'm working on and things that are coming around the corner, you know, further illuminate kind of you being a one man army with uh, daredevil pedals and being able to grow the reputation as you did. Um, I, I did check out your Instagram feed, which is pretty, um, intense in terms of like all the different things you have going on with the demos and uh, people who are involved with uh, the pedals and uh, some of the other things. Um, How did the actual, I guess you could say business grow in that sense? Was it like kind of a word of mouth thing or are you just really just kind of attacking things on all fronts? Um, How did you get to expand uh, to where you're at today with being in all these major kind of retailer spaces and uh, being where you're at now? Um, You know, I just, I kind of am always, as anyone that kind of does their own, um, you know, independent business will tell you, it, it tends to be like a 24 hour a day. Right you know, work day. Um, and I, I definitely fall into that to where I, I never clock out. So it's just this constant grind, you know, kind of drive. Yeah. So every little bit, you know, you just keep going and going and eventually things just kind of fall in line and you get up, you know, you gain little pieces here and there as you go. Um, and that's just always been it. I, I'm super consistent. And yeah. I think if you're just passionate about it, you're just naturally inclined to take every opportunity you come across and to just make things happen. Um, Even if it's a long shot, you're still willing to go for it just because, you know, what what do you got to lose? Right. Um, Right. Maybe you get lucky. Sometimes things work out. Sometimes they don't, but it was basically just a lot of hustling over the last 10 years. And I, I, it wasn't, you know, like I said, it's not necessarily work. It's just when you into it and you love it and you care about it, it's absolutely passion. And that's, you know, it just, it makes it fun. Like I love networking and just, it, it's like, what are you doing? You're talking to other people about gear and cool things that you're into. And then that turns into friendships. And then they say, Hey, you know, this guy and that guy, you know, it just, uh, it kind of works itself out. If you, if you just keep at it and and you like what you do Uh, and you're cool to people, you know, it's like work hard and be cool with people Yeah, and, and weed out the, the individuals that are not, good you know right. i had to do that i've had to say you know what i don't want to be involved with these guys or, or whoever you know right uh, making smart decisions and watch out for the sharks and, people and that really yeah to get things out of you and all that stuff you know yeah smart I, I would say that i mean from a word of mouth perspective from a marketing standpoint too it really kind of elevated your brand and kind of getting back to the idea of that integrity again um, cause again, for, from my perspective, um, 
finding out about daredevil was purely a word of mouth thing with other guitar players that i know in in the community here um and just you know highly recommended so that that is that's uh fantastic that you know uh definitely somebody who's on the level and um yeah one thing uh i guess as a result of that and this is more not so much related to our music scene here but it's kind of a uh a sort of a kind of a social media commentary thing or uh just a, a thing with with chibson so for those of you uh, who are listening who are not guitar players there is this a social media entity called chibson they kind of are a, well they are just a flat-out satire um meme sort of creation group and uh they they kind of satirize the major in, instrument and equipment manufacturers in different ways with memes and just quality content and those of us who are in industry and just players and all that i mean the stuff that they they they, they constantly put out is um just hilarious you know um just kind of satirizing les pauls and stratocasters various amps uh, signature models by by various artists and stuff and it, it's just really kind of refreshing um also kind of just this wild satire that they do um and just kind of riffing on the whole idea of like overseas production as well with the idea of like gibson being chinese gibson um just to give our the audience that's listening kind of some more context around that who may not be um in the in this space um but so you actually produced a, a physical pedal for them um called the placebo pedal and i, I remember this, this coming out a bit ago and it's just um the idea of like you know with with pedal pedals are like you know they do a lot of them do kind of the same thing and we alluded that earlier in the episode of like people clone things or whatnot or guitarists um often need new pedals i myself um actually just purchased one of your fuzz pedals after checking out your your instagram feed and hearing this stuff um I needed to have that in my collection. Um, and it's just one of those things, but you, you created this placebo pedal. Um, and the idea behind it is it, it does absolutely nothing. <laughs> what, yeah. One of, one of the options. Yeah. It was, right. you know what, I, I love uh, kind of deflating a certain aspect of the industry where, where people are so right. Uh, like kind of nose in the air about certain aspects of gear and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it, it's such a, I'd love any opportunity to just, you know, be creative while also being like a smart ass kid, you right. know, <laughs> which I think is punk really ethos. Funny. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And yeah. you know, it, it is like the people that get it, it's fun. Yeah. It's hilarious. And if you get offended by it, that you probably have some personal issues. Right. Know? Right. Um, it's, it's like the onion, you know, it's great. Yep. So, and you know, uh, with that, we also gave customers the opportunity to, build their own pedal out of it right um just so you know i didn't want to feel like we were pulling the wool over someone's eyes if they didn't get the joke right you know? <laughs> uh so i thought well that was actually a pretty cool way to do that so that people could you know a lot of people are into like learning how to do this and and yeah uh you get to build something yourself and like wow that was actually really fun and maybe they t- turn around and they're into this now so yeah and that's uh, kind that of a I was gonna say that's that kind of one aspect we worked into it, and it was great. It sold out pretty quick, and yeah, and I, just seeing the demo videos too um, were just hysterical. That that's cool that it, it got kind of picked up, and um, and the idea of like kind of turning that too on a different tangent to where you're kind of passing along something is sort of a little bit of knowledge to people or an opportunity for somebody to learn about the craft as well is fantastic. 
Let's take a quick break and check out another tune from The Evictions. This is Head Right On. talk about the evictions okay let's yeah so um yeah we connected briefly last year and i think you had some new tunes out uh so what have you guys been up to since then and what do you have coming up yeah well like you know like everybody it's been a a, last couple years have been kind of off for band stuff luckily last summer we were able to 
kind of dive back in and get a bunch of cool shows right when it was you know nice out um we played you know pretty much from early spring all the way up until uh like halloween and then um our our drummer decided to head out and pursue some other stuff um so we kind of and, uh, we took a little it was it was kind of good timing because you know uh holiday season is insane for pretty much all of us so uh we kind of took a little gap and then invited another friend to pick up on drums so we're coming back uh the the next show that we have booked right now is going to be april 23rd uh back at liars with a touring band they oh. hit us up to see if we wanted to play that um so that might be our our first show back since halloween but there's a pretty good chance there'll be something before then too um so but last fall i started putting together um we're gonna have a 12 inch vinyl nice release so it's gonna be uh the the debut record that we recorded in 2018 uh never mm -hmm. got properly it never got a physical release and we never pressed it so right. that's gonna be uh a 12 inch vinyl release and then there's going to be a live uh 12 inch vinyl to be along with that so it's going to be you know the first record and then uh, a live set as well released on vinyl so that's going to come out probably late summer because vinyl's taking forever right now to get pressed um so that's kind of what i worked on during the winter when we weren't playing shows so that's pretty exciting because i always wanted that record to get out yeah uh we worked really hard on it and that was kind of our first big thing. We did it at Albini's studio, which was amazing. Nice. Um, so, and yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I joined this band in 2015 and it was a, a couple of guys and they were like a, a surf band, you know? Huh. <laughs> and uh, I, at the time I just wanted something, something different than what I had been doing for 11 years in my previous yeah. band you know, yeah. uh, which was just big arena rock guitar uh -huh. rock stuff. I just wanted something totally different. So I, I joined this little surf rock band huh. uh, and, you know, it just gradually turned into Turn. a little more of this, a little more of that, a little more yeah. New York Dolls, a little more trash and, and all the stuff. Yeah. And it yeah. just kind of grew. And then, you know, the bass player had to move. So we got a new bass player. We got Chris and he was more of a, a faster, more aggressive player. And then like, yeah. Uh, a year later, our drummer had to move. So we got a, a different drummer that was a little bit more into these kind of bands. And it just turned into this gradual thing that uh, it's been for like the last three or four years, um, which I, I guess is just an accurate representation of, you know, our personalities. It wasn't like a conscious thing of what we wanted to sound like, you know, um, but it's it's been great. Um, there's so many good bands yeah. that we get to play with i wish that i could just pack up and hit the road and you know yeah uh, you know and and just do that um all the time like i used to but right you know uh things things are at a weird place right now with being kind of tentative yeah um, are, you, are you guys like itching to get on on to do touring or is it you just it's just not in the cards at the moment or well you know it's 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 tough because it's like you, you reach a point where you, you get a little older and you realize that it's better to work smarter than harder, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, so when we've done things in the past, it'd be like, all right, Hey, we're going to go, we're going to go play Detroit. We're going to play Ann Arbor. We're going to play Akron and make like a three or four day 
run and then come back. Cause you know, it's like, right. you don't want to be playing somewhere on a Monday night, you know, right. <laughs> so, like, let's go, we'll hit it. We'll promote it. Good. We'll come back. We can still go back to our, you know, yeah. jobs and our kids or whatever's going yeah. on. And then, you know, just um, be smart about it instead of what we used to do we just leave for a month, right. come home with no money and yeah. smelling real bad. And we'd yeah. have a lot of good stories, but you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you, you might not come back in one piece, but that's what you do when you're like 22 years old and you, you can have, handle the abuse. Right. <laughs> yeah. You have a horrible job that you don't want to go to anyways. And you're always broke. Right. So might as well be broke and play shows on somewhere, end up in California in the middle of winter instead of, right. you know, sitting in Chicago. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, records going to come out late fall and we're going to just, I'm already, lining up shows for spring and summer and then um there we it was weird because we were supposed like literally the week of the big covid shutdown yeah the the week after that happened we were supposed to go in the studio we had a studio booked and we were going to record a full-length record and uh the whole thing was ready and we were in pre-production we had gotten all this stuff ready to go in um and then you know pulled the plug on all that stuff and uh that was it so then we had like a full year of you know no no shows no no album nothing so everything just kind of went back to like the the regroup stage and but in a a cool way that let us kind of go back and just work on those songs kind of take a step back and look at some things we wanted to improve you know just kind of reevaluate the band a little bit and kind of take a breath and just uh give ourselves a little mental right. break we were you know you get like the ball gets rolling and you just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it um and i'm definitely the kind of person that doesn't ever like use common sense and say well maybe we should not make ourselves crazy doing something <laughs> right uh, I, I i'm definitely the guy that makes when you're sense. in you're all in right you're just kind of 100 100 miles an hour pedal with a metal like yeah well you know you get a you get a once. good show or something pops and then it's like well yeah. great let's how soon can we do that again Right. 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 And uh, I want, I would love to record two albums a year. Like, you know, fans used to, right. Right. (laughs) The tour for six months, record a record, go back on the road for six months, record a record. Exactly. I mean, that's, that would be the life, but uh, you know, till then, man. (laughs) Yeah. Get a little older and things are a lot different now with the whole touring thing too. It's it's expensive. And um there's no, there's no backing anymore. There's no guarantees. Well, I mean, they're there, but like, it's just not what it used to be. You know, when it's, when it's hard for bigger bands, yeah. you know, like bands that I, right. I, I would consider like kind of legendary, right. somewhat smaller label, but independent. Yeah. Very, you know, they make a living off. Of and they're, the they're established at that. Right. Yeah. 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 They're having a hard time, you know, yeah. right. It's like, you know, that the, the true independent bands are really going to be eating it. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, that's a, it's unfortunate because like, how do you expect that network to grow? Right. You know, I, I really enjoyed when we, my old band, you know, this is 2003, you know, early 2000s. I mean, we, we toured so much that we had that network of bands all over the United States. Right. You know, and it was just, there's no phones. You, you would say, okay, we're, we have a roadmap and we're going to drive to Raleigh, North Carolina and we'd call our friends and we had a place to stay and we would get decent money for a show. They would 
give us beer, you know, gas wasn't four dollars a gallon. And it yeah, right. It, it was like a sustainable thing. Not that we ever came home with a lot of money, right. but you could at least do it. And we were playing, you know, 150 shows a year on tour. Right. You know, and we were able to pull that off. And now I don't think bands are touring. Right. I mean, I don't I can't even guess how many shows, you know, pre-COVID, obviously, but I can't even guess how many shows a band, you know, like an independent band would play on tour a year. It, yeah. it can't be, you know, it's not sustainable. It can't be right. near a hundred. There's no way. But, it's just, right. there's no way you can do it, you know? Right. And I mean, just the pattern of way things are going with COVID right now too, there's, there's always going to be another variant of it. And it seems like it's kind of like, you know, it's roulette with, I mean, is it going to hit the, you know, you have an itinerary booked and then, you know, are those towns going to have to shut down or, or, you know, based on wherever that yeah. is. Well, you know, yeah, the yeah. thing that would, the thing that would keep putting gas in your vehicle was that you actually sold a lot of merch. Right. You know? And right. yeah, you can sell t-shirts now, but yeah, you know, it's like, there's not, you know, one's pressed the CDs. You can press a vinyl, um, which people buy, but most people are probably going to go, Oh, cool. I'll throw that on Spotify on the way home, you know? Right. Um, and listen to it for 10 bucks a month for, you know, with everything else. Um, but you know, like we go to Europe we, we would completely sell out of merch and that's what helped right. us like break even for plane tickets and everything, because that's like right. the, the extra boost you need to kind of keep, keep oh, things rolling, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, like vinyl's so, popular right now too yeah i mean i would love to see that keep killing it because everybody i know is putting out seven inches and, and yeah it seems, and, it, it and seems like it's just a manufacturing bottleneck there's just not enough like plants anymore to keep up with the right. people wanting to press them i mean everybody i've talked to like you mentioned it too but the other, all the other people i know who are are printing vinyl or you know it's at least a six month lead time now um yeah to get something in right. so yeah yeah i mean i've already i'm, I'm getting uh the live tracks i mean the final mixes and masters mm -hmm. this weekend yeah. and you know we're looking at <laughs> what end of summer you right. know for for this to actually be in our hands so it's kind of a bummer but you know i don't know i mean i don't i don't press records i don't know man just right i'm glad it's gonna happen and in the meantime yeah. we'll probably have a whole nother record on the books and yeah keep cranking out you know yeah and you guys are are very much of the school of um being more like album oriented or like record oriented versus like pushing singles or are you guys are also still doing like the the singles thing like through Bandcamp or what have you um for distribution um and then the kind of the dual release strategy with that with when you got the vinyl ready to go that drops yeah, you know, it, you would think that I would be more organized about stuff like that. Um, I think the times that we've put out like a two or three song release has just been uh, when we're like, you know what, we got this handful of tunes that we think are really yeah. good and we haven't recorded anything in a while. Let's just go bang this yeah. out in a something weekend. new for people, right? Yeah. Right. Let's just go do something. And yeah. we go and we always work quick. I mean, we recorded our full length in a day and then right. I did vocals. I think when it was all said and done, total studio time for the album was uh, just under 24 hours. Okay. You know, for a full length record, including vocals and dubs. That's quick. And yeah. So I mean, we did all the songs live in right. 
seven hours as a band right. at electrical, you know, which I, that's how I like doing it. I mean, that's how they yeah, do it. And, man, that's impressive <laughs> too. Like, if you guys are that tight yeah. and that disciplined to go in and knock it out in like less than a day, that that's awesome. Yeah. That's how bands used to do it. Right. Yeah, if you yeah, were a good band, you made a good record. Um, right. Cause it's tape. So, <laughs> right. I like being tight, but I like capturing, I like yeah. capturing a take. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 So I hear that. That's that really kind of goes, speaks to the, the, like the sort of the rock and roll swagger and ethos of the band too. That was one of the things I really dug about um, being introduced to you guys last year too. It's like, Hey, there, I mean, there's, there's definitely people who still do that, but there's, they're few and far between like yourselves of like just real good, just fucking ripping rock and roll, man. You know, they have that vibe with the edge, you know? Yeah. It's always just been a, a really cathartic thing. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it sounds weird, but it's like, I don't really know any other, I, I could never go on stage and just kind of hang out and play, you know, right. it, it's, I, I think I would be incapable of standing still and, and trying yeah. to play any, any kind of, music you know right um so and that's just kind of the, the school of yeah like shows that we all kind of came up with you know yeah. in that era when we were just first starting bands yeah you know, everybody brought it it yeah. was like if you if you didn't you know leave it all out on the stage then you're, you're doing something wrong so yeah, the, the, the live show was paramount i mean that was the the, the front door for anybody um right you know, right coming up to in the same time probably a similar time period um like you know, you go to shows to hear about bands or because your friends would drag you to them or say hey let's go check out this band and yeah that was that was the everything had to be all up on front on that stage and you had to kind of wow everyone over right yeah so, um right yeah. you wanted you wanted an experience you know and that that was all the, yeah. the bands that we love too when we yeah you know could start going to bars when we were yep. old enough you know yeah. so all right hey johnny i really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me it was a uh, good learning about daredevil and uh, what's been going on with the evictions i and uh yeah uh, thanks so much man you have a good night thanks eric appreciate it man take care take care man bye, -bye. if you like what you heard from johnny and his band the evictions check out the evictions.com they also have a Bandcamp page you can get through that uh via rockinchicago.org there's links to both, along with um, a curated list of bands that Johnny gave a shout-out to you can check out, uh, mostly from our local scene here in Chicago. And if you're a guitarist or bassist and you like to learn more about Daredevil Pedals, you can visit daredevilpedals.com. Um, everything you need to know is there in terms of what models he's making right now, and he does have a dealer locator on his site if you want to look for a brick-and-mortar location, uh, Daredevil pedals are also available most major music, major music retailers, boy, that's a tongue twister, online. So check that out. We're going to close things out with one last track off of the, the third EP from The Evictions. This is called Off the Rails.